This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. We're going to talk about crop circles. For real. Maybe you found yourself with a lot of time on your hands because you're not, say, going to the movies or to summer outdoor concerts with this continuing pandemic situation. And maybe you find yourself up to your eyeballs in the internet and uh, crop circles. That happened to me. I met the most delightful guy, Stuart Dyke. He is a crop circle connector or the crop circle connector. He has been chasing these circles and trying to understand them for many, many, many years. He's really done so much work around this. And you can find out more on his Facebook page, which we'll be telling you about soon. You know, many of the crop circles that have popped up throughout the decades, uh, especially in the UK, you know, a team of guys came forward a while back and they said yeah that was us we did that we did that for fun and it was fairly easy well there must be teams of these people now because there's actually a crop circle season during the growing season in the UK and these crop circles pop up everywhere you know everywhere all over the globe Peru you name it just google and you might fall down the rabbit hole So although many of them are man-made, they're still phenomenal. And many scientists have been, I don't know, taken in as well because there have been studies done where the electromagnetic force inside a crop circle registers differently than outside. So what are we doing? Does this sometimes sacred geometry create a vibration that has a different kind of energy field than just you know, stalks of corn standing up normally. And what do crop circles say about us? I mean, maybe there's this need to pull one over on people or create a sensation when you can have a a chuckle behind the scenes. But the artistry that goes into some of these and the talent and the thought and the math, the sacred math that goes into some of these elaborate designs, mind-blowing. And I don't understand why the people who make them don't just come and say, hey, Look at this baby that I made. However, after all this time, there are still some crop circles that people say, I don't know where that one came from. And either it's a really great hoax or there's something else going on. And you can find information about crop circles going back centuries. So are we imitating nature or could Mother Nature or something in nature create this? It just, it doesn't seem possible. However, I want you to meet Stuart Dyke, who has spent many, 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 many years imagining the answers to these questions and others. Yeah, I mean, I got involved in 1990, and that was a very interesting year to suddenly um, experience the phenomenon, because it went from simple circles, circle sets, circles with rings, quintuplets. That was, that was about as complicated as it got in the 
the late 80s, and then 1990 onwards, then there was an exponential increase in the complexity of the formations, and they started turning into pictograms, and these great big long linear shapes, and that was just incredible to witness that on that very first year. And that really got us hooked. And in those days, obviously, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have mobile phones, so we only heard through hearsay, people telling you, you know, you get a network of people quite quickly once you meet people out there and they tell you where the next one is. So word of mouth still allowed us to go around and visit these formations. Uh, As the 90s progressed, we started seeing more and more complexity, and we started the worldwide, obviously the the Coxer Connector Worldwide Web. We came on board in about 94, then we decided to make a web page in 95, and we've just gone past our 25-year anniversary of that. And of course, in those days, in, well, in, in the mid-90s, you had to go to an internet cafe and upload your your pages, and there really was pages in those days. It wasn't really sort of things as a site, and then they, then, it, then they would turn it into a site eventually in sort of late 95, 96. Really truthfully, we were pioneers of websites then, and there was probably only about maybe 30,000, 40,000 pages upon the World Wide Web in the mid-90s. And so, you know, obviously, we countless things that are on there now so it was an amazing um, evolution of communication um, using the World Wide Web as well as going out and finding these formations. A crop circle is, um, as most people tend to know now, is a flattened, spiraled uh, design where the crop is actually flattened, not cut in a normal spiral pattern if 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 it's just going to make a single circle and then obviously there are facets to that design which go off and make more complexity uh, aspects to it, more complex designs. But it's basically flat and crop. Flat and crop. Um, How does it happen? Well, that's a big $64,000 question, isn't it? I mean, back in the early 90s, there was, it could be done by helicopters or, or rutting hedgehogs, that type of thing, you know, and whirlwinds as well, because um, there was a guy called Terence Meaden who believed in the plasma vortex theory, where um, a vortex would break down on the lee of a hill, side of a hill, and would just go down into the field and create simple circles and and that had some had some scientific basis to it and it seemed uh, doable and achievable but then of course in 1990 onwards then all designs started showing all these long linear designs and it couldn't be explained by a natural wind phenomenon so then of course other theories come on board you know like the normal kind of situation you start thinking about aliens and, and interdimensional beings and that type of thing started to come into the mindset of people around the crop circles. It, it has evolved in the complexity of what people think creates formations. If you probably, your, your next question is going to be, what do I think they are? Well, yeah, I mean, okay, so after all 30 years I've been involved in them, nobody can tell me that they're all man-made because I do think that there is a core phenomenon, but there is a but to this because there is an element of people who can make them very well. Mm-hmm. Now, that does muddy the water completely because then you've got to start thinking, okay, well, how much of the phenomenon is man-made and how much of the phenomenon is actually made by something paranormal? 
Well, I can't answer that question 100%, but all I would say is don't underestimate us as human beings because we can create some amazing things. And in our documentaries, we've done seven documentaries on the phenomenon, and especially the latter ones we did, we tried to um, show people that the connection between sacred geometry and as you go into a formation, you have these same sensations as you would walking into, say, the Sistine Chapel um, or into an Egyptian temple. So there is a connection between that experience and also what you experience within the formation so there is what I would call a paranormal signature to them mm. and it doesn't mean to say that something paranormal has made it but it's created this paranormal signature right and, and that's something that we can't really explain. So then do we go into the, the, the world of consciousness and how that comes on board and how we ourselves can manifest something and create that paranormal signature? But however, though, I do think if we moved away from that, there is a genuine core phenomenon that has made genuine formation over the years. I would stand here testing to say that that was definitely the case. So, you know, that's where we are right now. We are in the midst of, obviously, a worldwide crisis at the moment, but the formations are still appearing and they're showing kind of connections between what's really going on right now. But they have, over the years, given us clues and towards perhaps a higher state of consciousness, perhaps hidden truths within the universe itself and within society. You know, they, they do offer a lot of information. You know, they are a bit like an onion, drip the layers off each time of what they could possibly represent. But maybe, you know, they, they, they're, they're just there to create an experience for us, and then that experience will lead on to something else, and then you grow through that. These are, I think, now the, the subjects that we need to concentrate on. We are talking to Stuart Dyke, the Crop Circle Connector. You mentioned that humans can be very good at this and mm -hmm. make elaborate designs. Have any of those yeah. humans come forth and said, hey, I did this, didn't I do a great job? You know, what do, <laughs> what do you think? Wouldn't that well, help us? Well, I mean, the thing is, yeah. well, I, I suppose it would, but I think you've got to look at the point of view that the, the reasons why they don't come forward, and there, there probably are many. One is obviously, you know, they're creating a criminal act in the, in the fields, so they would be liable. Secondly, they don't want the mystery to be tainted by the fact because, unfortunately, many people sit in different categories of what they believe what actually makes crop circles. So, you know, you've got this black and white perspective on them a little bit. Um, you know, the, the, the believers probably wouldn't believe it, whereas the skeptics would obviously embrace it and say, well, there you go, that's what we thought for, for all these years. You know, you've got this battle going on between the two parties and right. this is what the connect has been very good at doing that because we, we sit somewhere in the middle and say okay you know we might have this belief system you know some are genuine some are man-made but we'll let people make their own minds up on what they think creates these formations and, and that's been the beauty of the cops of connected because we've never gone down gone down one road of thought we've mm -hmm. just let people decide what they think they are and then take you from there. Is it a language? Are the crop circles telling us a story? Good question. I mean, if you put them in a row after all the 30 years, yes, you could say that there was, you know, going from the very simple designs 
right up to now, you could say that we've moved with that complexity in a sense of how you know we, we deem the crop circles and how we see them. I, I think that a lot of the time they are showing us hidden truths and, and showing us that you know, we can move to a higher state of consciousness. And so if you look at that journey, I think we, 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 we are starting to make that journey. I'm, I think that we're going the other way sometimes. But, but in general, I think that we are moving to a, you know, potentially an ascension kind of reality eventually. So the formations have kind of moved with that. The, the, the complexity of them has got more and more and more. So we're looking into them a lot more in, in the hyper-dimensional sense, in the three-dimensional aspect, whereas before, back in the 90s, we, we just saw them really as really two-dimensional aspects of them in the field. Now we're starting to look more in depth. In, so that, you know, you could say there was a journey there. You mentioned in the beginning that perhaps there was one theory that people thought these were vortexes that came from the atmosphere into Earth. What does, yeah. what's that? Like, what is this vortex? I don't, I'm not even sure. Are they, are they floating around, these beautiful pattern vortexes in space? Well, I mean, that was based on a scientific basis of um, a breakdown of a whirlwind, which can happen between two different forms of, of temperature of air. Um, and it breaks down and it comes, generally comes down, because what, what was, we were seeing in the, in the late 80s was that a lot of formations were appearing below hillsides. Mm. So that made you think that, okay, was there an air pocket or something that caused a vortex to happen and it came down and, you know, from the, from the, um, uh, from the hillside and then created this pattern at the bottom. And that was very believable, like I said, um, because they were very simple formations then. Well, they weren't formations, they were just really circles and, you know, dotted circles around the field. So then we started seeing rings around them, and then you know, the kind of the principle of a plasma vortex might still be applied to the fact that it can create kind of a concentric ring. But like I say, that was thrown out of the window really in 1990 because then obviously we started seeing more linear designs, which which couldn't be caused by a natural wind. When I talk about vortices, it was purely from a, a natural process. So there was no paranormal aspect to it. But then, but then in the early 90s, we started seeing those designs thinking, right, okay, so there's something else creating, not just a, a natural wind process. Right. There's something else happening. And that's very interesting. You know, I, I can't say 100% sure if that scientific basis was based, uh, was purely 100%, uh, but it was interesting. But uh, I think that something else happened in the latter part of 1899. If you saw really what was happening in the world, I mean, the Berlin Wall fell down, the revolution in middle Europe uh, was taking place. So there was, there was hints of a higher consciousness taking place in, in the world, and things were happening. Things were happening spiritually as well because there was a lot of meditation going on back then. There was a lot of projects going on through transcendental meditation and everything, which I do practice. But, you know, so there was a lot of things which were causing this effect. And there was also a project called the Aquarian Cross, which was um, a processional line of people that brought the cross from Jerusalem all the way up to Glastonbury Tor and placed it on top of Glastonbury Tor in 1990. And that was the very early, I think that was about April. 
2020, and that's just before the season started. And, and it, I think it actually caused an effect in the landscape. And if you talk about ley lines and how ley lines connect, Glastonbury is, is one of the heart centres of the world because the Earth itself has almost like um, node points, mm -hmm. node points of energy, and Glastonbury is one of them. And if you initiate that particular node point, amazing things can happen. And there are other node points around the world, just like Glastonbury. And if we could just bring that back, well, I've had a discussion with the person who actually did the project and been following him. He does believe as well that it had an impact back then. And um, it would be nice to see if we could regain that aspect the world needs it <laughs> yeah needs indeed it, like tell me about these ley lines it, it sounds to me like mother earth's chakra system or something like that and absolutely yeah go yeah. ahead tell me more uh, you know ley lines are just linear magnetic lines which run crisscross the landscape and they can be very very straight and they generally are quite straight sometimes they curve a little bit but then there was this book by called the sun the serpent by hamish miller and paul broadhurst uh, which was published in about 88 i believe they did a processional project which went all the way from uh, St. Michael's Mount in uh, the end of Cornwall, which is a county right at the tip of, of England, all the way up to um, the Wash, which is in Norfolk, which is the far eastern uh, side of England. And through that whole, uh, you could almost draw a line all the way up through the country from one point to another. These lines are called the Michael Mary lines, and they go through all different ancient sites, through different churches, through mounds. They definitely go through the heart center of the crop circle phenomenon, which is Avery in Wiltshire, or the area around it. So that scene didn't seem like it was coincidental. <laughs> There's something else there. There's a, like a life force in the actual landscape. And I think that ancient man or ancient society had a very high level of, of uh, knowledge, which is basically why they placed these sites in strategic places. And, and then paganism came in, and then paganism was taken over by the Christian church, really. But the Christian church knew this, this knowledge passed down through generations and generations. And so they placed their churches on top of these no points. So you can, if you, sit, if you open a map up, um, and you draw lines through different, you can draw lines through churches and churches and churches for many, many miles, and they go through um, uh, points of interest as well. But, you know, you, you can you can crisscross the whole earth, I think, with these, these lines, and, and, you know, they, they, like you say, they are a chakra point of the earth, just like the body, and if you can enhance them, then, you know, you can create some amazing things. All right, we are talking to Stuart Dyke. We're talking about crop circles and, and more, the energy uh, of the planet. It only makes sense that if we are on a planet you know, orbiting through space, uh, Earth is not just a big, dumb rock, you know? It's much more yeah. than a big, dumb rock, and it has so yeah. much to, to feed us. I'm going to ask you this, Stuart. Let's say that, you know, uh, you live to 104 years young, and, and you pass on and you go to the other side, and the secret is revealed to you as to what these crop circles are, and you say, mm-hmm, that's just what I thought. What would that revelation be? So, uh, well, I can't say 100% until I get there, which I don't want to be doing it just yet. But, right. <laughs> but I, I think that if these higher beings, if once we eventually meet them, they, I, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're intuitive self or your higher self 
kind of has that knowledge already right. and you've got to kind of connect to it a little bit. And I think the phenomenon allows that to happen because you get little snippets of higher knowledge, which is basically why people write some amazing things about the phenomenon because they're kind of tapping into something. But you can't quite get the full message of it. And I think that if the full message was relayed back to me, I think it would be definitely to do with consciousness, the fact that we're, we are intrinsically connected um, to the living universe and we can manifest things as, you know, with our true potential certainly isn't realized yet. We've got to come into that understanding. And once we come into that understanding, we're going to get rid of all this crap which is going on right now in the world and the people that are running it that's a different story but you know so we've got to understand the fact that we are individual gods and they will relay that back to us to say that you know we, we, we had such great potential and maybe we have to go back to learn these things if you believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. um, so you know because you know a lot of people think that we've all had previous lives and and you do get kind of deja vu moments in formations. It's really odd sometimes. Oh. Um, so I think that it definitely has a connection to consciousness itself. And I think that we'll understand that the, the, the core phenomenon itself has an understanding of us so much. I think that that would be the message. Right. It, would, it would tell us that, that it was trying to, to increase our potential. Yeah, increase our potential and almost have us lean into who we are or yearn for more of of that yes. that little bit of knowing. Yes. Reach for more. Yeah, and the thing is as well, if you look at it from the point of view, uh, I can't say for sure, but may, maybe the, the fact that because we took it over as human beings, does it matter? You've got to ask that question. Does it matter that we've, we've taken it over? And, and to me, I've transcended those thoughts. I, I went through a really dark period in the 90s when uh, I realized that quite a few were man-made and mm. because I wanted to believe that every single one was real but if you transcend those thoughts and think wow actually you know how can that person make that you know that itself is, is a divine act itself mm-hmm. and so you, you've got to understand the, the human potential is huge and I don't think really we understand that that aspect in ourselves not yet not 100% right. um, and then it, you know, the future will allow us to do that and I think that these beings if we don't reach it will tell us that you know we have we've we had that huge potential maybe they ask us to go back who knows because we all choose to come into this life and we've chosen I've chosen probably to, to come into this life to experience the crop circles to help people to move to a, a higher state of being and I don't think I've quite finished my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think I'm, I'm still, you know, working on it. <laughs> I'm working on myself as well. I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect, obviously not. But but I think that you know we 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 we've got to understand that that we chose to we chose to come here and, and try and learn the lessons of life. You know, if we don't quite make it, then perhaps they ask us to then to come back. I think that really is the beautiful message, isn't it? Is it, try and learn everything you can in this life because it's it's not very long you know and we've got to realize that true true where can people connect with you to find out more about all you do 
So they can go to the Crop Circle Connector website, which is www.cropcircleconnector.com, um, where they find they will find all the information throughout all the years of the formations. They can go on to a Facebook page called Crop Circles Ancient Mysteries and Scientific Investigations. There they will find the, um, the latest ones being put up through the Facebook page and people write all different things about it. It's not just crop circles, it's, it's things happening around the world and that type of thing as well. So, you know, that, that's our Facebook page as well. So, but that's connected to the site anyway, so, um, so they can get all the information they need from that. It has been a joy talking to you. I am so glad we connected. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Katie. It has been a pleasure. And uh, are you in New York State? Are you yes, in we're in. Yeah. We're about um, forty minutes north of New York City. We're in the Hudson Valley. Lots of beautiful mountains and rivers. Wow, the Hudson fantastic. River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to come over sometime, actually. Yeah, yeah, when all of this is gone down. <laughs> yes, let's keep yeah, in touch definitely. because there's some beautiful sights here I'd love to show you around. Superb. Thanks so much. Katie. Thank you so much. Okay, Have a beautiful hope, day. Hope to catch you soon. So isn't he very nice, Stuart Dyke, calling in from Somerset, England, I believe. Yes, I lost my mind reading about crop circles on the internet, and I reached out to the crop circle connector, and he called me back. <laughs> oh, nice guy. So here's what to do. Go to his website if you're interested in more. Crop Circle Connector. Let me just make sure I have that right. Yeah, that's the website. CropCircleConnector.com. Go there. Oh, there's so much to learn. The energies of crop circles, the etiquette of crop circles. Yes, you can get a free book download to know how to act when you go and visit crop circles. And you don't have to go to England. I was just poking around and found. Here in New York, between 1964 and 2005, there were dozens and dozens of crop circles reported. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? All right, just something fun to talk about in the middle of summer. And going slightly off topic, but back to the heart of the matter, our thought for the day is from Albert Einstein, who said, Our task must be to free ourselves by widening our circles of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Please check out Casey.co to find out what's going on with the market every Sunday morning in Verplank and all the good work we're doing with Let It Shine, Inc., gathering love, giving it away. Have a great week. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.